0: Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. It's Matt here and at the end of this episode, I'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Journey app where you can access all of our recent message content. And actually the app's the easiest way to share all this content with a friend and to keep up with everything going on around here at Journey. Just search Journey Callaway in your app store. Now most importantly, I hope this message inspires you to take your next step in following Jesus. So I think we can all agree that we all wish things would get back to normal, but we're having to adjust to the new normal. And adjusting to the new normal with work, with school, with family, with sports, well, that's just making us long for and wish for the old normal again, isn't it? But here's the thing. If we just keep longing for the old normal and looking for the old normal and we don't pay attention to what we're facing right now, well, we may waste this season. We may miss some of the lessons right now that we can't learn any other way. And we may end up with some pain that we're going through now that is wasted. And you know this because we've been talking about it. Pain without gain, well, that's a shame. None of us want to do that. And so for the last few weeks as we've been in this series Better For It, we've been asking ourselves the question, how can we be better for it? If we've got to go through it, we might as well be better for it. And today, as we wrap this up, I want to focus on one final area of life where I think all of us have learned some valuable lessons and all of us hopefully will come out on the other side better for it. And it's the question, how can we be better for it spiritually? So let me get you to think about this. Over the past few months, have you found your worldview changing? In other words, the way that you see and interpret and explain everything that's going on around you, has that begun to change? Maybe the way you view God has changed. Maybe you found yourself in the middle of this, beginning to question things, beginning to question God, beginning to wonder, God, where are you? God, why would you let this happen? God, why wouldn't you change this? God, why wouldn't you fix this? If you have found yourself asking those questions or feeling those emotions, listen, do not lean away from that. You should lean right into that uncertainty, to those questions and to those doubts. Do not put your head in the sand and ignore that. No, there are some valuable lessons to be learned from that. For example, let me ask you this. Did you discover over the last few months that your faith was more fragile than you imagined? More fragile than you imagined. In other words, for some of you, maybe what you discovered as you went into this pandemic is you had some certainty about who God was, what he was like, and what he would do. You were confident. Well, if I just do X, Y, and Z, if I just punch this button and then this button and then this button, well, God will always do this as a result. You were just certain. You were certain about God. You were certain about what you believed about God. You were certain about how God worked and how you could get God to work. And then this season hit, and you began to punch the buttons like you always had, but it didn't result in God doing what you want him to do. You began to to follow the formula that you'd always followed. But it wasn't resulting in God delivering the outcomes he'd always delivered. You prayed the same way you had always prayed, but God didn't answer like you expected him to answer. And the end result of that is it's created so much uncertainty in you, it has made your faith or your trust, these two words are interchangeable, your trust in God, your faith in God, it's it's become really fragile. For others of you, your faith or trust in God has become more fragile the longer you've gone through this. That on the front side of this, if someone were to ask you what is central to your life, you would have said, absolutely, God is. My relationship with him, it's more important than anything else. And maybe you would still say that, but you know deep down inside, what's been revealed over the last few months is that's just not true. Because the longer this is gone, the more you have drifted. The longer this is gone, the more you have realized, I don't think God's actually central and most important to me. You found yourself spending less and less time trying to get to know Him personally. Less and less time praying or reading your Bible. Less and less time serving other people. Instead, you just turned and became really self-centered and self-focused. Less and less time watching online. I get it. You know, you started and you were watching every week because you wanted to grow and you wanted to learn. But as time's gone on, you've replaced that habit with some other things. and You just don't invest quite as much anymore. You don't make it a priority. You've discovered that your faith is way more fragile than you think. Again, there are some lessons to be learned from those things. Trials, trouble, suffering. Well, they always reveal to us both the size and the strength of our faith. Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest friends. Peter, who, I mean, he saw Jesus do so much. He saw the death. He saw the resurrection. Peter had seen miracle after miracle. But Peter also went through a lot of suffering on his own. And in the first century, he was writing to a group of Christians who were dealing with intense and immense suffering and persecution. And here's what he reminded them of, and maybe this will be encouraging to you. He said, these, all the trials, all the suffering they were going through, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, he says, there's some things you're learning about your faith in this. It's showing or proving some things to you. He says, so at the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of, greater worth than gold, because that perishes even though it's refined by fire. He says, I hope that these have shown the proven genuineness of your faith will result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, Peter said, I hope when you're on the other side of the suffering that you're in, that you're going to look back and realize your faith, your trust in God, what really was centered in the right place, and it really was as strong as you thought it was. And then on the other side of this, you're going to look back and go, my faith or trust in God, it grew, and it was strengthened by the suffering. Now, just real quick before we move on. See, this is key to having a proven, genuine faith. The thing that develops a genuine faith in you and me is actually not just the size of our faith. And don't miss this. The fact that you trust more, doesn't necessarily mean you have a trust that will withstand the fires, the pressures, the troubles of life. The key to having a genuine faith is not just having bigger trust, it's the object of your trust. Now, Some of you, you're wrestling with this right now, because you keep dealing with worry, stress, anxiety, uncertainty, and you're thinking to yourself, and maybe you've been told, well, you just need to have more trust. I guess if I just had more trust, I wouldn't, you know, that's my problem. I just need to trust more. Well, not necessarily. Because you can have really big faith or trust, but if your faith or trust is placed in something or someone that can be taken or shaken from you, if your faith and trust is in something or someone that you can lose, well, that's not going to last. That's not going to survive the trouble, the difficulty, the pressure of life. That's not going to be a genuine faith. You see, the only way to have a proven genuine faith is to have a trust that is placed in something that cannot be taken or shaken from you. It's knowing that your faith and your trust is in God. It's in the one who, no matter what you're going through, he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, he is for you, and he is going to be by your side no matter what comes your way. And you cannot lose him. Now, when you put your trust in him, when you have that kind of confidence and faith in him and the fact that he's always going to be right with you, then you can face whatever it is that you go through in life and you come out on the other side going, you know what? God did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He walked with me through this the entire time. Now, I think that's the kind of faith that we all want to have, isn't it? The kind of faith that even if we wish we could change everything around us, we're confident we're going to be able to walk through it anyway because we've got a God who is for us and with us. We've got a God who cares. We've got a God who loves us no matter what. But How do you get that kind of faith or trust in God? What do you have to do to grow? That's a great question. As we're going through this pandemic, how do you grow spiritually? Well, what most of us do in any area of life when we realize, I think I need to grow here, most of us focus on the what and the why. The what and the why. We come up with a what, a plan for what we need to do, and then we remind ourselves of why it matters, and we try to keep ourselves motivated with the Why? I'll give you a quick example we've all had some moment in life where we thought you know what I need to grow and improve my health this is where I got to grow with my physical health and so what did you do when you began to think about how to grow with your health you immediately thought of the what and the why that's where we all go you began to think about what exercise plan or routine do I need to have do I need to get up and walk every day maybe I need to go to the gym maybe I need to do this you came up with a what a plan for exercise and you came up with a what a plan for how to eat you got to change your diet and you got to do this you got to eat healthier and prepare better meals you came up with a what and then you came up with a why you identified why you wanted to grow in the area of your health and maybe you went so far as to write it on a card or a piece of paper you stuck it on your mirror in your bathroom or stuck it in your car you put it somewhere where you would see it so when it was hard to follow through on the what the why hopefully would inspire and motivate you but you know as well as I do, that always falls short if that's all you do. And here's why. Jim Collins, in his book, Good to Great, it's a phenomenal business and leadership book he wrote several years ago. In this book, he introduces and suggests that we take a little bit of a different approach. He actually says, in any area of life, before you decide on the what or the why, you should first start with the who, with the who. He says the most important and first step that you and I should take is to surround ourselves with the right whos. Because if we have the right people around us, they will help us figure out the right what and the right why. Now, going back to the health analogy, you you get this, don't you? Because you can have a plan of what you should do, You can remind yourself of why you need to do it, but if you are trying to do it independently of anyone else, in other words, if you don't have a workout partner, if you don't have somebody else on board helping you to eat healthy and wanting to eat healthy as well, it's only a matter of time before you give up and you fall. The most important ingredient, the most critical piece, is actually not the what and the why. The most critical piece is the who, because the who always determines what you do. Now, that's not just true for your health, for your finances, for your career, for all the other areas of life, your marriage, your family. This is also true spiritually. It is. The who always determines what you do spiritually. Or if I can say it this way, you can't grow spiritually without being connected relationally. It's impossible because God wired you this way. God wired you in such a way that the only way you can grow spiritually is if you do it in community. If you do it surrounded by the right who's. See, Jim Collins didn't discover this and come up with this a few years ago. God wired us this way from the very beginning of time. This principle has been true as long as time existed. As a matter of fact, all the way back in the first century, the writer of Hebrews was writing to a group of Christians Who were struggling to stay on course and on track and to have a genuine faith. Their faith was starting to become fragile. They were starting to drift. And so, you know what he wrote them? Look at this. He said, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope or the faith that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. In other words, he starts by saying, You should have the kind of faith and trust in God where you're not up one day and down the next, where you're not steady one day and swerving the next. Life is a roller coaster. But your faith shouldn't and does not have to be. And the reason it doesn't have to be is because you get to put your faith in one who is faithful. He says you get to put your faith in one who, no matter how high or low life is on any given day, he is constant. He is always by your side. He is always for you. And he's always with you. But he says, now, let me tell you how to develop the kind of faith that is unswerving, that doesn't roll up and down like a roller coaster with all the roller coaster moments of life. Here was his guidance to them. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another. This is relational, isn't it? How we may spur one another on toward love, toward loving God and loving people better and good deeds. How do you do that? Well, By not giving up meeting together. As he says, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching this was his way of saying listen the only way you're going to have a faith that cannot be shaken or taken from you is if you want put it in the right foundation place it in the right object but then you surround yourself with the right who's you have to surround yourself with people who are moving in the direction you want to move you got to surround yourself with people who are where you want to be. you got to surround yourself with people who are going to motivate, inspire, challenge, and encourage you towards love. To loving God better. To loving people better. And towards good deeds. And so he says, if you want to put a practice in your life that's going to help you grow spiritually, that's going to help you have a faith that's not fragile, well... You have to develop the habit of meeting together regularly. This was just his way of saying, of intentionally surrounding yourself with the right who's. The kind of who's that are, you're around on a consistent basis, and they're always going the direction that you want to be going. The who's who are going to look at you and say, nope, hey, this is where you want to be, and this is how you get there, and you can follow me or come along with me. This was a Hebrew writer's way of saying, That you can't grow spiritually without being connected relationally. You cannot give up the habit of meeting with the right who's. Now, he's not talking about getting friends here. You already have plenty of friends. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, in addition to your friends, do you have some people that you are consistently around who encourage, inspire, motivate, and challenge you? to grow spiritually, and to develop the kind of faith in your Heavenly Father that you most want to have. Who are the people that are in your life that are consistently moving in the direction you want to move spiritually? That's how you become better for it, spiritually. Now, this has been my experience over the past few months. If you came to me and you asked me, Matt, how have you been able to navigate through this, What's enabled you to have an anchor or foundation or a sense of of calm and steadiness in the middle of everything we've been going through? This is exactly what I would tell you. I would tell you about the friends that I already had in my life before this hit friends who move in the direction I want to move, friends who have the kind of faith I want to have. And you know what happened when this hit? I'd pick up the phone. I still do it. Pick up the phone. I give them a call. I talk to them about what I'm facing, and they remind me, hey, God's still with you. They remind me, hey, here's the direction you need to go to have the kind of faith you want to have. They encourage and inspire me towards love and good deeds. Every time I have a conversation with them, it is motivating because they are with their faith where I want to be. Before this pandemic ever hit, I had a habit of meeting with my small group every Wednesday night. It's another group of who's that I have surrounded myself with who are moving in the direction I want to move, who have the kind of faith that I want to have. And throughout this pandemic, we have continued to meet. We have continued together. We have continued virtually to connect with one another. And just having those conversations around what's going on in our life and in our world, having those conversations honestly about the doubts that we're feeling, the struggles we're facing, the questions that we have, about our faith that doesn't feel very strong at the moment, well, That is motivated, that is inspired, that's encouraged and challenged me. They have to keep moving, to keep pressing forward, to keep trusting the one who, as a writer of Hebrews said, well, he's faithful, he's faithful. So, I know you've got friends. Uh, You don't need any more friends. That's not your problem. But who do you have around you who spiritually is where you want to be or is moving in the direction you want to move? Who are the people that you consistently rub shoulders with, interact with, and they motivate, encourage, inspire, and challenge you towards love, love for God and love for people, and towards good deeds, living out your faith in a tangible way? You need some people like that. So do I. Because the who's always determine what you and I do. So... Let me give you a couple questions to think about. These are some questions I hope you'll reflect on yourself, but more importantly, I hope you'll discuss these and be honest about these with a few of the who's in your life who maybe could help you grow and develop a stronger faith. Here they are. What have the past few months revealed to you about the size and strength of your faith? Have you paused to think about that? It's important to know. And are you closer to God, or have you drifted farther from God during this crisis? And then the second part. Who in your life regularly encourages you to love God and to love people? And what could you do to consistently spend more time around the right who or the right group of who's? Now, before we wrap up, let me just tell you this. If you have been around our church for any length of time, you've heard me talk about our groups. And the entire reason that we offer groups as an opportunity for you is not because we think you need more friends. We know you don't need more friends. Matter of fact, when you hear me talk about groups, those of you who aren't in it think, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to keep up with any more people in my life. And I get that. But this isn't about friends. This is about being intentional about surrounding yourself with the right who's who are going to help you grow spiritually. It's about developing a habit of intentionally connecting on a regular basis with some people who are moving in the direction you want to move spiritually. People who are going to help you develop a faith that is genuine, that's proven, and that cannot be shaken or taken from you. That's different, possibly, from the friends that you hang out with. You need some people like that in your life who are going to encourage, motivate, and inspire you to grow spiritually. So, if you don't have that, and you're not sure where to find that group of who's, What we're going to do this fall is we're going to offer some short-term group opportunities. And by short-term, I mean some of them will be four weeks long, some of them will be six weeks long, some of them may be eight weeks long, but just some short-term opportunities to help you connect with and be in an environment where you're surrounded by some who's that are wanting to move in the same direction you want to move. So if you're interested in learning more about some of these groups and the topics, I'm not asking you to commit. But if you're just interested in letting us know, hey, I'm interested in a group around finances. I'm interested in being in a group with some people around parenting so we can grow there. I'm interested in being in a group where I better understand faith and what it means to have a relationship with God that's personal. I'm not sure I really get that, but I'd love to be in a group of people where together we're figuring that out. If you want to let us know what you're interested in, all you have to do is text the word try groups, make it all one word, try groups to 94090. And if you'll send that text, you're going to get a link which shows you some of the different topics. We may do short-term groups around this fall, and you can tell us which ones you're interested in. And then as we start those groups, we're just going to let you know about it, and you can decide if whether in person or digitally you would like to be a part of some of those. Here's what I know for you. It's true for me. It's true for everybody. You cannot grow spiritually without being connected relationally to the right who's because the who that surrounds you it will they will determine what you do let me pray for us father would you help us to not just be satisfied with where we are with our faith but help us to have enough of a desire to want to grow and know you better that we'll surround ourselves with some people who do know you better than we do some people who have a kind of faith that we wish we had some people who are moving in the direction that we want to move, and together, as we surround ourselves with those who's, they will influence and change what we do, and they will influence and change how we view you. So would you give us the courage to just take the step to begin to put ourselves in a position, not where we're looking for more friends, we don't need that, but in a position where we're around some people. They may become friends, but we're around some people who really do encourage and inspire us to grow closer to you. That's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you'd take a moment to rate and review this podcast, it would really be helpful. And if you live near our church, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our phenomenal children and student environments, just visit us at journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Look forward to seeing you soon.